What's up, party people, and welcome to this week's episode of Renancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson, and you can find me at that handle on Twitter, or you can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter if you are so inclined. This week, we are still in season seven, and we're picking up with files number 11, which is called, I'm sorry, we did files 11 last week. Files 12 is Fatal Ransom. Yes. Nancy is wearing this interesting, like, mustard yellow sweatsuit on the cover with, like, a square neck and a royal blue turtleneck happening. She also looks like she's been caught mid-tennis serve, but is not holding a tennis racket. (laughs) It's it's an interesting combo. It's from back in the day when you were like, I will wear a sweatsuit and it will fucking coordinate. And if I drop anything on it, then I'm fucked. The weird thing about this week is... You're like, Fatal Ransom, wasn't last week about Ransom? Wasn't there a kidnapping case? And you are correct. There was. This is what happens when the ghostwriters do not compare notes well enough. Um, <laughs> this one, I'm going to telegraph like a motherfucker because it's, it's really hard to not telegraph with this this one, this one particularly. There's a lot that irritates me. Not, not just the fact that we're dealing with two kidnapping slash blackmail slash like pay us ransom to get your child back things there's also this weird thing about I'm pretty sure that the same ghostwriter did not write both of these because remember how in the last book like Nancy was like oh I just want to talk to Ned about the case he's worried about me he wants to come down and see me he said he would take time off school I would love for him to do that in this book Nancy's like Ned is working on a paper and I do not want to disturb him (laughs) So she doesn't fucking tell him what she's doing for like the first, all of the book actually. Um, They have a phone call and Ned's like, I was thinking that we could celebrate. Nancy's like, that's great. I really need to go because she's like, if I stay on the phone with him, then I'm going to tell him what I'm doing. And I don't want to have a fight with him about my job. Which, the weird thing about the files is that Nancy sees detective work as her job, even though like she basically refuses to accept compensation for it. So it's like the weird boutique vanity store thing where it's like oh well the person who was supporting me is going to support this hobby that I have and I'm not actually going to make any money doing it it's weird like having Nancy grow up in stories is just really fucking weird because she's she's stuck in this weird weird place she's 18 but she's also 12 um yeah this book for just passionate reasons kicks off with Carson being like I shouldn't be telling you about this <laughs> to Nancy and Nancy's like no no you should I I need to be involved in this case dad there's this weird thing and you've noticed it in the recent mystery stories as well where Nancy's like only a girl can solve this for mysterious reasons and often it's well in the one case it was because she was the the woman in question was told do not tell any man or woman about this and Nancy didn't count because she was a girl The other way that this works is that people who don't want to talk to the police for whatever reason can talk to Nancy because they're like, oh, well, she's not the police. She's not anything official. So therefore, mm," which goes one of two ways. Either they've been fucked over by the system. So it makes some sense that they would be reluctant to talk to any quote authority figure about this or as happens, they are trying to pull one over and they don't want to talk to the cops because the cops would theoretically figure out what the fuck they're doing pretty quickly. But Nancy, because she's not a professional, they can kind of get away with, oh, I've got Nancy Drew working on the case and and just try to fuck her up, which 
of course, never works because she's fucking Nancy Drew. But so Carson's like, I shouldn't be telling you about this. And Nancy's like, no, I'm, I'm here for you. Tell me everything. And Carson's like, I'm about to be leaving town for three weeks. Like, this is just real bad for you. And Nancy's like, no, no, tell me everything. Here's the deets. Lance Coulson has a nephew slash ward named Hal who is missing and he received a ransom note for $475,000, which is payable on Thursday. I don't remember what day this is happening. I think maybe it's Sunday. I don't know. So they're given a bit of time to collect the money. Um, he discovered the note. He said there was no sign of a break-in, but the glass had been broken out of the back window. And I was like, that's a sign of a break-in dipshit. Anyway, so whoever broke in, reached through, unbolted the door, left a their ransom note on his desk, which he saw when he came home from work, which makes it sound like he's just working construction all day. So he saw it. Um, it said, of course, don't call the police. So he mentioned it to Carson, who I don't think it ever says the circumstances under which, like, were they both at the country club? Do they both play golf at the same place? I don't know what the fuck. Anyway, so he was like, I'm going to ask my good friend Carson Drew, the inventor of Toaster Strudel, for some advice in this case. And Carson was like, funny story. My daughter loves doing really dangerous shit. (laughs) So Nancy's goal is to find Hal and figure out what the fuck's going on. So... That's that's what she's supposed to do here. So, of course, Bess and George are on the way over, and they called ahead and ordered some pizza. <laughs> and Bess, whenever she gets over, and Nancy's like, let me tell you about this. Bess is like, I cannot talk until I've had some pizza. In which, of course, we are all Bess. Bess is the person I identify most in these books. <laughs> she's my girl. Um, so, Nancy, along with the ransom note, they found two pictures, which the implication was that they were Polaroids. Anyway, and... The pictures were identical. It was one of a terrified-looking boy who was, like, bound and gagged in a chair. Presumably how. And the second photo was apparently what would happen to him if the ransom was not paid. And it was the same picture, just with no head. And I was like, was the head cut off? Like, with scissors from the picture? Was it photoshopped out? Was there a mannequin? Anyway, so Nancy sees that, and so she's showing it to her friends, and Bess is like, I am not going to look at that until I've had some pizza. What about that? Did you not understand? So Hannah walks in with, like, soda and stacks of napkins, and is like, here you go, so that they can all chow down on pizza without leaving streaks all over Carson Drew's pristine white sofa. I don't know if it's any of those things. It's fine. Pristine, probably. Um, Yeah, so Nancy's like, you two are going to help me, right? And they're like, of course, of course we're going to help you. It's fine. So Nancy decides that she's going to go over to Dude's house. I think it's that night. That makes sense. So she tells her friends that she'll be back. Like, she's not going to take them with her because, of course, she wants to pro- to appear professional. Which, again, she's she's 18. Like, it, it feels weird, especially in this book, because there's definitely the implication that, like, it's very much people just kind of condescending to allow her to to play act it's like well I mean if the cops can't do it I guess we'll let you enjoy your hobby anyway so she goes over to Lance's house and um, when she's on the way there she sees somebody pull up behind her and basically try to run her off the road which they actually succeed in doing they do run her off the road and her car goes out of control and you know into traffic and everything and she 
she does get hit by the car that's behind her and but it's no major damage or anything so she just gets back in her car and just there's some weird place in this book this is where this came from where she after she's been forced off the road and her car is going down an embankment she's like I remember what my father taught me which is do not stop driving until the cars come to a complete stop which you're like sure honey anyway so she gets the car back on the road everything's okay she gets out to Lance's house she pulls up and she's like son of a bitch because the weird thing is that I always think of Nancy as having like mad amounts of money but the posh section of River Heights has like fucking mansions with long driveways and manicured lawns and where it looks like Nancy pulls up to this place and is like this place looks like it was just airlifted out of the British countryside like manicured gardens all this shit like you expect a butler you expect all sorts of like stuffy antique furniture and Persian rugs and everything so she goes up to the door she sees a Maserati outside this is the first book that I had ever read that had a Maserati in it and from this point on every time I see a Maserati referred to in literature or the few times I've seen one in real life I was like oh you're evil (laughs) and I'm generally correct so she sees a Maserati out front and Nancy's like, is this Hal's Maserati? Because if so, super jealous. The guy who opens the door, Nancy's like, this is the hottest butler I've ever seen. Um, he's tall, dark, and handsome, dark hair, dark eyes, super cute. Nancy's like, oh, hello, um, I'm Nancy Drew and I'm here to see Lance Colson. And he's like, hey, I've been expecting you. And Nancy's like, you're him? And he's like, yeah, it's me. Background information. So Colson Enterprises is the company that Hal's parents own, and then they both died in a accident of some, maybe the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. We don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, they owned a construction company slash like real estate speculation. I don't buildings. It involves buildings. They died. They left all of it to Hal, but Hal can't touch it until he's twenty five. He doesn't really get along with Lance. Hal doesn't really get along with Lance, who is his uncle. Um, Lance had to take over the business. He had a construction company before that, but he took over the business so that he would have it for Hal to take over once it became time for him to. Hal is 16. Lance is like early 20s. Don't do the math. Just shut up. Okay. Um, He also... Here's the thing, like, when I first read this, and it had it been a hot minute, I'll admit that, um, I did not realize this, that Lance has a live-in girlfriend named Monica. Like, I knew that Monica was there a lot, but it just did not register with me that she was actually living at the house as his girlfriend with him, presumably doing sex things. Um, I was just like, oh, how nice of him to give her a spare bedroom. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, Monica is the person who is there, and Nancy's like, Monica, do you know anything, and Monica is like a a flat-out bitch, and she's like, I don't know anything, and Hal's a dick to me at all times, so I really don't care that he's missing, and Lance is like, Monica, and she's like, what, I hate him, and he hates me, and goodbye forever, um, Nancy has to call somebody about something. Oh, this happens later. Anyway, Nancy has to call somebody about something. And so Lance is like, oh, you can use the phone at the top of the stairs. We have phones in like every room, but you'll have more privacy up there. So Nancy goes upstairs and Monica like shoves her back down the stairs because Monica's a bitch. Monica's just a flat out bitch. And Nancy's like, she's the bad person. 
Which, I mean, granted, if you're going to shove somebody down some stairs, you better have a fucking good reason or you are the bad person. But anyway, God, there's, there's just a lot to unpack in this book. Um, yeah. So the thing about Lance is that he seems super chill about everything. Like Nancy's like, you saw the pictures, like they're, they're threatening to kill him unless you deliver the ransom. And Lance is like, yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Just, like, not really registering. And Nancy's like, this is odd. And, yeah. So, she decides that... She asks him questions. She's like, do you know of anybody? Do you have any suspects in mind? And, like, really close to that point in the conversation, somebody comes and bangs on the front door. And so, they go and answer it. And it's Amy, who is a punker. She's... She is a a youth punk person. So she has like spiky orange hair on one side and straight purple hair on the other side because I like how they were like, you know what we need? Clemson slash Emerson colors. Um, So she's dressed like kind of almost goth subculture. But anyway, so she comes out of the door and she's like, where is Hal? I haven't seen him. Where is he? And Lance is like, he had to leave suddenly. So just shut up. And Nancy's like, why are... what?" And so Amy spots Nancy and is like, who is this? And Lance is like, this is one of Monica's friends. And so Amy's like, oh, well, where is he? And Lance is like, he went to visit his grandmother. And Amy was like, then why didn't he fucking tell me he was going to go visit his fucking grandmother? And Nancy's like, because she suddenly got sick. Like, just chill the fuck out. And Amy's like, this is not the last you're going to see of me. And she like kicks the door. And Lance is like, Amy did this. I think that Amy is involved. And Nancy's like, I feel that you're not wrong. I'm going to pause here. Nancy, of course, is almost always represented as coming from privilege, like in almost every possible sense of that term, other than, of course, the fact that she's an orphan. Um, So this whole idea that there's this subculture that she's definitely not a part of and definitely has never been a part of and definitely views with not disgust really, but like definitely with suspicion and like teenage delinquents and they're bad people who just start fights and steal shit and it's just all bad, like, which is interesting. So yeah, so Nancy decides that she needs to go to where the punks hang out and the punks hang out at Woodland Mall, which was developed by Hal's parents' company, Colson Enterprises, but there's a lot of storefronts that haven't been rented, and there's a lot of punks who hang out there, and they start fights, and they drive away traffic. Although, side note, if if you knew that white punks were fighting a lot, you'd be like, this seems like more of a draw to me, but it's okay. Um, No, it's fine. So basically, like, there's, we're blaming these people for the fact that the that the mall's not getting rented out the way that we would want it to. Because Lance is like, I'm having money troubles. And Nancy's like, why Why would you be having money troubles? Like, uh. anyway. So apparently Hal had been hanging out with these punks. And so they're a good place for Nancy to start. But of course, they're not going to trust her. So the next morning, Nancy comes over to something. I don't know, to ask Lance about. Oh, I think she's like, who should I talk to at the mall? And he's like, the security chief would be a good place for you to start because he would know about like the fights that the punks are having and all that bullshit. And Nancy's like, cool. And that's when Monica shoves her down the stairs. So Lance has to take Nancy to the hospital where she gets checked out. Nancy's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And Lance is like, I feel terrible. And I'm I'm sure that you're going to be off the case now. And Nancy's like, no. 
I do not care if I have a sprained wrist, which never comes up again. Um, I'm going to be fine. So they end up going to the mall. Nancy invites Bess and George to go with her to the mall. And they get there that afternoon. They're walking around. They finally spot Amy and two or three or four. Like, eventually, they they form a large group that Nancy sees. Before that, Nancy goes to talk to the security chief, and she overhears somebody saying, like, after this is over, you're going to be a rich man. And she's like, ooh, who is talking? Who is talking? But she can't, she doesn't get there in time to see who's who is talking to who about that. It's, it just sounds like a female voice. Oh, also, before they left, they were like, Monica, you need to make sure that you stay home in case the ransom people call and have other demands. And she's like, whatevs. So as soon as... <laughs> As soon as Nancy and Lance leave, basically, Monica leaves the house. And so Nancy spots her at the mall and Monica is walking into a shoe store. And Nancy's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're supposed to be home taking calls if if the ransom people call. And Monica's like, I'm not going to put my life on hold for this. And I need to buy some sweet ass snakeskin boots and you need to just step the fuck off. And Nancy's like, why are you so like completely antagonistic about this? And Monica looks over at the salesperson and she's like, you need to get this girl out of the store because she is harassing me. And so they, they kick Nancy out of the store, which kind of legit, but anyway, so Nancy goes to talk to the security chief who is, who really liked Hal's parents, but Nancy's, Nancy also pretends that she's a newspaper reporter doing like a, basically a human interest story on the mall. And she's talking to him about like, you know, the fact that the mall's not doing great and what kind of people visit there and blah, blah. And so when he talks about the people who originally like built the mall, he's positive about them. That's Hal's parents. But then Nancy casually, he says something about the current owner, like in a kind of disparaging way. It's like not really that extreme. And Nancy's like, well, I'm sure that Lance, and then he, he clams up because he's like, Lance, so you're on a first name basis with him. Okay. I got nothing more to say to you. And Nancy's like, well, that was stupid. Like, I shouldn't have said anything because now he knows that. And so she can't get anything more out of the guy. But on the way out, she does notice that there's a bunch of security tapes that are clearly marked that are up on the wall. And she's like, it would be helpful if I could get security tapes for the day that Hal disappeared, like just to see if he was here and who he was around and everything. So she goes to talk to Bess and George. Um, they They follow the punks around for a while. Nancy ends up getting them to do a distraction so that she can get into the security office and get the tapes. So she does manage to sneak in there and get the tapes, but the security chief gets back in there before Nancy's able to sneak out. And he's like, what are you doing in here? And Nancy's like, oh, I forgot my notebook. And he's like, get the fuck out. And Nancy's like, okay, okay, well, um, I'll, I'll call you about things. And he's like, nothing, absolutely nothing. So, so Nancy steals the videotapes and she has, she's like, what are we going to do? Because she has a, like mild confrontation with Amy because Amy of course recognizes Nancy as quote Monica's friend and so she's like what are you doing here why are you following me around like where's Hal what do you know about where Hal is and Nancy's like I don't know anything about where he is so but she's kind of like trying to feel her out and see if she does and she's pretty sure that Amy Amy seems genuine about not knowing where Hal is so Nancy's not quite sure what to do but she goes back to her house and she's trying to think through things. And at two o'clock in the morning, she's finally, she's like, if I could just like get in, infiltrate their group, like to see if they know anything. And then she's like, but they know me. And then she's like, George, 
George could do it because George, when Nancy was like, yeah, he's friends with some punks. Like George is like, what? They're just misunderstood. And so Nancy's like, you can pretend to be a punk. And at two o'clock in the morning and George is like, can I get some sleep first? (laughs) And Nancy's like, okay, just meet me at my house at eight. And George is like, I don't think punk people wake up at eight. Let's make it later than that. And Nancy's like, 9.30 then. (laughs) Which, fair, fair, George. So... George goes to Bess, who decides to dress her up as a punk rocker, which I say punk rocker because that's kind of the thing that always comes to my head when I say that word. All right, I'm going to read aloud. George did a pirouette in the center of the floor. The pink stripe Bess had sprayed through her hair provided an excellent camouflage. Combined with dead white foundation and heavy eyeliner, the hair made George almost unrecognizable. She was wearing a black sleeveless sweatshirt, a black leather miniskirt, black fishnet stockings, black ankle-length high boots, and about 10 necklaces. We are not going to describe those for you, bitch. You, you get to just step off. Nancy's like, this is fantastic. I was like, so were they like deeply into the crow? Like, please tell me everything about this. But... They, they decide that she looks fantastic and they're going to take her to the mall and kind of throw her into the group. So, and George is okay with this, which I'm like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. George doesn't protest at all. And Nancy's like, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. Okay. So they take George to the mall. They're making sure that they're not seen with her so that she can go like basically make new friends, have a play date, just get to know some people who may or may not have kidnapped somebody and then threaten to kill him. Um, Lance calls Nancy because the Hal drives a white convertible Mercedes. Of course he does. He is 16 and has a lot of money. Um, So the car has been returned and the interior of the car is just splashed in blood, which previous to this, somebody said, these punks, they're just starting fights in the mall and they are stealing blood from blood banks. And so whenever Hal's car appears and it's been like splashed with blood as though a vampire has been active in it, Nancy's like, the punks have been stealing from blood banks and there's blood all over this car. I mean, it's enough that if the human being had done this with not intentionally, that I would be nervous about them still being alive. So Nancy's like, let me get my friend Bess over here. She has a friend who does blood typing. We never find out who this is. We never find out why Bess has a friend who does blood typing, apparently in spare time, just for the fun of doing this. We're not talking about like a state lab or anything. This is not admissible in court because, of course, the cops aren't involved. Granted, we're not in Texas and we don't have somebody being slowly poisoned. Anyway, with ant poison. Okay, so Nancy calls Bess out there. Bess takes a sample of the blood-stained interior of the car. They find another note on the rearview mirror that's attached to a paper Halloween decoration of a skeleton that's like, don't, you know, we're going to kill him if you don't pay us by Thursday at noon. And Lance is like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Lance just can't fucking be bothered, y'all. He just, he just can't fucking be bothered. Um, so Bess gets to meet Lance and if, because, you know, he's out there in the Mercedes and everything. So Bess gets to meet him. And as soon as they leave the house, Bess is like, Nancy, is, is he seeing anybody? And Nancy's like, Bess. And Bess is like, what? I mean, I saw that Monica chick. What? And Nancy's like, okay, first off, I don't think they're still together because he said that he was finding her another place to live. Like he was going to pay for it. And just to get her out of there. Second, like they don't seem to have a good relationship. And Bess is like, yes. I want to hit that. And Nancy's like, what the fuck? No. And she can't figure out what's so irritating to her about this. She's not, she's like, 
I mean, he's cute. I don't think that it's a jealousy thing, though. I think that it's just a, like, best, please slow the fuck down. Like, you, you literally just met him, and you're like, I'm going to jump that. But anyway, so... Um, Nancy's at Lance's house later on. They do find out that the blood type does not match Hal's blood type. So they're like, it's just like a scare tactic. Like somebody clearly just stole that blood from the blood bank. Um, but they get a call later on that night about the ransom drop off. And they're like, go to this park and drop it off on the footbridge. And, and, but it's George. George is the person who is giving the ransom drop off thing. And Nancy's like, so many questions like is she okay you know is she doing this of her own free will are they forcing her to have they found her out is she just so incredibly fucking good at her undercover position that like within 12 hours of meeting them they're like we kind of want to get you in on our ransom thing that we're having going on like as an extracurricular activity we just think that you're you would do good at this you look super goth we got plans so yeah, so Nancy and Bess are like a little bit worried about this. No one ever mentions how George's parents feel about this at all. It's like they don't have parents. It's like we're never, never land. It's fine. There's also this weird aside in the book where Nancy's like, something weird's been bugging me. Like, why 475? Why not an even 500,000? Why not an even half million? And Lance is like, IDK, like maybe it's like when you say that something is $9.99 instead of saying it's $10 because it doesn't sound like it's as much money. And Nancy's like, I guess so. And I just busted out laughing when I was reading this because I was like, seriously? Yeah, why not a million? Like, come on. And so she, Nancy's talking to Lance about um, like how he's going to get the money. And he's like, well, I'm going to have to get somebody to, like, vouch for me at the bank and shit because he's like, business just isn't doing that hot. And Nancy's like, you, what? Like, the the business is, like, really, really well respected and everything. So, anyway, but it's like he doesn't have hands on that kind of money, especially because Hal's trust, again, he can't touch until he's 25. So, so he actually has to contact Carson's office to to arrange the ransom payment. So because, you know, he has to get somebody to vouch at the bank for him because, you know, if you withdraw a certain amount of money, the FCC gets involved. FCC? I don't know. It, FDIC? Some sort of federal agency. IRS? CIA? Anyway, somebody gets involved, so he has to get somebody to vouch for him. So that feels like a good place to pause. Oh my God. So what happens is Nancy goes to Lance's house and she's like, okay. Oh, also, this is around the time that this happens. Nancy's talking to Monica because of course Monica's just been a complete bitch about everything. And, um, she's like, you know, what do you know about this? You've seemed kind of antagonistic toward the investigation since the beginning. You, you like walked out of the house when the, the kidnappers were supposed to call, which makes me think that maybe you're in league with them. You've said that you've always hated Hal. And so Monica flips the fuck out and actually, like, charges at Nancy with a fireplace poker, which Nancy sidesteps because she's awesome that way. And then Monica picks up a vase and flings it at her, which Nancy sidesteps that. It falls onto the couch harmlessly, and Lance is like, how how could you do that? That's a tang vase or some bullshit. And Monica's like, I'm going to off myself. And so she runs and locks herself into a bathroom, which Nancy's like, uh, oh, okay. And Lance is like, this happens all the time. So they go in there. Lance 
breaks down the door with his shoulder as one does he like rushes at the door until he finally like of course it's three tries because this is fiction so he makes it through the door um monica has crawled out the window onto the ledge and is like threatening to jump and lance is like whatevs and nancy's like what the fuck you this is not how you react to this and he's like she tries this all the time i mean this room is full of like razors and pills like it's just real real bad and nancy's like can can you just shut the fuck up for a minute and so she's like monica it's fine i, I don't think you did anything I, I know that you're under a lot of stress and she's like i am under a lot of stress and nancy's like okay we'll just come back inside it's fine no one's gonna hurt you no one's upset at you just come back in the house i'm you know everything's chill and so nancy talks her down from the ledge she comes back inside and lance is like i'm gonna find you another place to live it's gonna be fine and monica's like i hate all of you and i'm like that that does seem reasonable let's just say that it does they um nancy's gonna go with lance to he's gonna drop her off at the mall because nancy wants to check in and see what george is doing and he's gonna go to the bank to pick up the ransom payment so they go out to oh nancy goes out to her car because she was about to go to the mall and she finds that it's been disabled and so lance is like oh i'll give you a ride so he gets they both get in the car and then Lance is like oh well I need to go get a briefcase to put the money in so I'll be right back so Nancy's just sitting in the car when Bess pulls up and is waving her hands and she's like Nancy Nancy I need to talk to you so Nancy gets out of the car to talk to Bess and the Maserati fucking blows up like to the point that Nancy's not far enough away from the explosion and knocks her flat to the ground Bess is like oh my god are you okay and she like runs over to Nancy and Nancy's like oh that was fucked up so she looks around and like the Maserati is just a pile of flames and so Lance comes out of the house and is like oh my god what just happened and Nancy's like this is getting serious they're trying to kill you and Bess is like are they though <laughs> because he's not the one who was in the car which is what Bess points out she's like Lance is not the one who was just almost burnt to a crisp you were the one who was almost burnt to a crisp and Nancy's like but it's his car. And then she goes over to her car and sees that somebody's just removed one of the wires. And she's like, somebody just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to be able to drive my car. And Nancy's like, and Bess is like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. So, anyway. I don't even remember why the fuck Bess was flagging her down otherwise, other than to maybe to tell her that the blood typing was not the same as his. I don't fucking remember. Maybe that George had not come home the night before. I don't know. Anyway, so they go out to the mall. Um, Nancy and Bess split up so that they can find George, and they see George strolling around with the person that Nancy has nicknamed Goliath, because she doesn't know his actual name. Um, they're holding hands and gazing lovingly into each other's eyes, and Nancy's like, this is disgusting. <laughs> like, she's got definite bias against these bitches. Um, yeah. So Nancy sees George, and she's like, she wants to make sure that George is okay, but of course she can't say anything because if she, she will blow George's cover if she says anything directly to George. So she manages to follow them around, go to a soda, go to get a soda right before they do. So she's standing in line in front of them. Um, the two of George and boyfriend start hassling Nancy and they're like, hurry up, we got shit to do, blah, blah. And Nancy's like, whatever. And so Nancy contrives to drop something on the ground and George does too. And then Goliath, like, puts his giant foot over what they've dropped. And it's like, what is going on here? And Nancy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I think Nancy, like, drops her soda or something so that she'll have an excuse to, like, 
get closer to George. And he's like, you're going to pay to get these stockings cleaned. And Nancy's like, what the fuck? No one pays to get stockings cleaned. That was, that's the stupidest thing you've ever said. Um, but he reaches down and he picks up the note that George was trying to pass to Nancy. And Nancy, of course, flips out and she's like, I need my grocery list back. And he's like, I guess you're not going to get it though. So he picks, he like holds George's hand like really hard and like stomps off. And Nancy's like, fucking hell. Cause she saw George's eyes when George tried to pass that note. And so she knows whatever's in that note is going to get George fucked up. So she tries to follow him. She, um, she sees them, George and the other guy approach a group and, and they're gesturing to each other. And Amy's like, she's Monica's friend. And she, blah, they, they must know each other, blah, blah. So they like pick up George's hand and like run outside with her. And Nancy follows them. And as, as soon as she gets out the door, she's knocked on her ass. Nancy comes to in the filthiest apartment she's ever seen. <laughs> that is how she describes it. It's like she's respawned in a noir detective story and is like, I'm in the bad place. So she looks around and she sees that Amy's there because she's heard Amy say, like, does anybody know anything about Hal? I haven't heard anything from Hal. You know, what's going on? And the other people are like, it's fine. When Nancy reviewed the security footage, she saw Hal approaching the two, like, Goliath, and there's another guy in that group, the the punk people. She sees, I think she sees Amy in the video, but it might be, like, after he's talked to the other guys. And they're, like, slapping five and just getting along swimmingly. And so Nancy's like, this, this just doesn't really add up. Another thing that happened that she noticed was that the ransom notes were apparently written on Colson stationery. Um, they were written on stationery that was like on the desk of in the house that Hal lives in. And so Nancy's like, did somebody break in and then find a sheet of paper that was on the desk to write the ransom note on? Like that doesn't make a lot of sense. That's, that's weird. That which is one of the reasons why she initially blamed Monica because she was like, Monica had access to the stationery that this note was written on. Like kind of makes some sense. She also does not seem to give a fuck whatsoever about Hal's well-being. And Monica's like, I don't, but it's not from pure maliciousness. Like you're thinking. So, so she's got all that going on in her head and she looks around and she's been abducted by the same people that she's pretty sure are responsible for abducting Hal because again, George is the one who passed along the, they're going to pick up the ransom at this time in this place. So she's like, okay, so now I'm here in the group. Um, Amy's like, where's Hal? Like, did you, did you guys hurt him? What's going on? We don't understand. And they're like, just shut up. It's fine. Um, and they've also figured out that George is working with Nancy. So Nancy's like, huh, so that, that everything's pretty fucked up, huh? And George's like, yeah, yeah, pretty fucked up. Yep. Pretty damn fucked up. Um, and actually the note that George tried to pass to Nancy was the location of this apartment because this is where Hal's being held. So that that's why he's suspicious. He's like, why were you trying to give her that information? And so... Um, I think Amy does eventually say, like, this is Nancy Drew. Anyway, she's the one who told me that Hal was at his grandma's house. And they're like, he's not at his grandma's house. So Hal just strolls in at this point, okay? So Hal just walks in with his big old grin on his face. And he's like, what's up, bitches? And Amy's like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that you're okay. And Hal's like, it's fine. 
another side note because I'm terrible at chronological order. Um, Nancy noticed a brochure for Saint Tropez, I think either in the Maserati or near the Maserati. And Nancy's like, what was this? And Hal's like, I'm sorry, not Hal. Lance is like, oh, well, me and Hal were talking about maybe taking a trip together to kind of like get past our differences. And I guess now that's just not going to happen and blah, blah. And Nancy was like, this isn't a trip that you would have wanted to take with your girlfriend, like going to San Tropez with him just seems a little weird. Like he's 16 and he hates your guts. Why would he? Okay. So Hal walks in. Amy's like, oh my God, I didn't, I was so worried about you. And Hal hugs her and he's like, girl, we're about to, to head off into the sunset and just have a grand old time. Okay. Freeze frame. This is the plan. Hal faked his own kidnapping. Hal had his friends take pictures of him bound and gagged so that it would look like he had been kidnapped to deliver to his guardian for ransom so that Hal could collect the ransom because, again, he doesn't have access to his trust fund. So that's what they've been doing this whole time. Hal was never kidnapped. Hal is basically extorting money from his uncle. And scene. So Amy's like, we're going away together. And, and Hal's like, yeah, like, it's going to be fantastic. We've got the money. We're going to split the money between the three of us because we're the ones who masterminded this. So the two guys, including Goliath and Hal's going to take a third of the money to have a trip with Amy. Um, and he's like, they're like, yeah, 25 grand a piece is going to be great. And Nancy's like, 25 grand a piece. And they're like, yeah, 25 grand a piece. And Nancy's like, Hal, why did your ransom note say $475,000? And Hal's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Nancy's like, I saw the ransom note. And the other two guys are like, you were trying to fuck us over? And Hal's like, no, no, it, you saw it. It said seventy five, And they're like, but maybe you swapped it out when we got there. Like, he's like, no, we wrote it on like regular notebook paper. You saw it. We had the pictures attached to it that's what we did and they're like but you're trying to fuck us like you were gonna take that extra 400 grand and cut us out of it and because Nancy was like look at this point like you are legit kidnapping you need to let us go and they're like no we're gonna go collect the money and then we're gonna figure this out and when we get back we're gonna kill all of you (laughs) um so of course Amy's flipping out Hal doesn't understand what the fuck's going on and so Nancy's like what how San Tropez, like, you know, your, your guardian was really concerned about you and he wants to like reconnect with you. And how's like, he does not fucking want to reconnect with me. Like he's, he's been a piece of shit to me forever. Like he's, he's a total cheapskate. I wanted to go like on a ski trip, a school ski trip with my friends. And he was like, not until you know the, the value of a dollar or some bullshit. So he's, he's not letting me do anything. He's just been completely a hard ass about everything. And Nancy was like, if he's being that stingy with money, like, why would he take him on a trip to Saint-Tropez? Eventually, Nancy figures it out. It takes her a hot minute. She's like, okay. The And the note was written on the stationery that came from inside the house. And Hal's like, no, it wasn't. And Nancy's like, okay. She's like, I got it. So she actually, at this point, um, she's tied up. George is tied up. Hal's tied up, actually. So is Amy. Um, so she looks at the guy who's holding a gun on them and is like, untie us right now. (laughs) And he's like, what the fuck? Of course I'm not going to untie you. And Nancy's like, I figured it out. I figured it out. We need to go fix this. And the guy's like, I'm not going to let you go. And Nancy looks over at Hal and she's like, 
she said, is it possible that Lance forged the note so that he would take the, actually, she's like, he's going to take all the money. Like, there is absolutely no reason for him to deliver the money if he hates you. And I was like, he does. He does completely hate me. So, like, I can totally understand him changing the ransom note so that he can just walk off of that money. And Nancy's like, she says, okay, so this, you know, the the drop that you think is about to happen, where you think he's going to drop off the money, he's not. Like, you need to let us go so that we can get the cops there. So there's a struggle where um, Hal's like, I'm, we're going to stop you or whatever. And the other guy's like, like hell you are. And little eight-year-old me reading this book was like, he said hell. Everything's on the table now. It is utter chaos. You do not say the word hell in a Nancy Drew book. We do not curse in Nancy Drew books. These punks are dangerous. <laughs> like, they could have snorted straight molly off somebody's chest at this point. Like, we're, we're beyond reason. Anyway, so there's a struggle. The gun goes off. Uh, Hal is wounded in the shoulder, and he's tied up. He's bleeding. Nancy's like, look, we, you need to let us go. You seriously need to let us go. This is, this is going to be real, real bad. Um, he, you know, he's bleeding. We need to take him to the hospital. So the guy, like, he doesn't exactly get cold feet, but he decides to go, like, call somebody else to find out what to do. And at that point, um, George manages to get free, unties everybody else. When the guy comes back in, they manage to overpower him, get the gun. Nancy calls the police at that point and tells them to go out to the park at the footbridge so that she can, so that they can get the attempted not really faux kidnappers, I guess, at this point to pick them up because at this point they actually had kidnapped Nancy and George and kind of Amy. Um, and so they look at each other and they're like, we have to get to the River Heights airport. And you're like, I'm sorry. I thought that River Heights was a suburb of Chicago. And it is. But just as in the mystery stories, occasionally River Heights will have an airport that does more than just handle prop planes. <laughs> So they decide that that's the most likely place for him to be getting out of there because the River Heights Airport would not have a stringent security and, like, flight plans and all that bullshit, so. Which is true, like, it's, yeah, it's kind of like a, a local regional airport as opposed to a big international one. Because of the things about San Tropez, Nancy's like, okay, he's going to want to get an international flight so we can, if, if he gets out of the River Heights Airport, then we can get him picked up in Chicago because that's almost certainly where he would be going. So... Um, they get in the car. Um, actually, when they get out of the apartment, Nancy sees Bess behind a tree, and Bess pops out, and Nancy's like, oh my god, I can't believe you found us, and Bess is like, yeah, I I saw the, the fight go down, and I saw them come after you, and when I went out there to see if they'd left anything behind, I found the note that George was trying to slip to Nancy that described the location of the apartment, and and while Nancy, while Bess was freaking out because Nancy and George were both gone, um, Bess called Ned. And so Ned's there too. And so Ned pops out from behind the tree and Nancy's like, oh my God, you're here. Oh my God. I, I didn't want you to be involved in this. I thought that you had that paper to write. And Ned's like, we're going to circle back to that. Put a pin in it. We're going to circle back. What do you need us to do right now? And Nancy's like, take these assholes to the cops. We, George and I are going to head to the airport. And Bess is like, why are you heading to the airport? And Nancy's like, because Lance was behind all this shit. Like, Lance did this. He's going to take the ransom money, and he's going to go to the airport and go to San Tropez. And Bess is like, he would not do that. He is a fine-ass man, and he would not do that. And Nancy's like, he did, though. Just, we'll be back. So, um, Nancy sends Bess and George 
I'm sorry, sends Bess and Ned to take the kidnappers slash to take Hal to the hospital. And so Nancy and George run to the airport. Okay. So um, Nancy and George go to the airport. They run around trying to find where, because there's a limited number of gates, a limited number of planes that would be taking off from there. So they go to all the ticket counters to see if they can find Lance. It does not appear that Lance has checked in yet. And so Nancy's like, oh, okay, good, good. Um, and so they turn around and they see Lance entering with Bess beside him. And he's got a gun. And Nancy's like, what the fuck? And Bess is like, I'm really sorry. I, I went, I ditched Ned and, and went out to Lance's house to get his side of it. And he was like, oh, so you figured it out, huh? And grabbed me. So I, I fucked up. And Nancy's like, I wasn't going to say that. But, but yes. Um, so now Lance has a hostage and Lance is like, we're going to get on that plane and you are going to just shut the fuck up. And Nancy's like, so it was you all along. And Lance is like, yeah, yeah, it was me all along. Um, well, not all along. He said, I saw that ransom note on my desk and I was like, this is perfect. I can just change the amount of ransom money and take it. And I guess because originally it said $75, that's why he felt okay with adding a four to it. But he rewrote the entire ransom note. So, eh, you know, why not ask for a million? Whatever. So, yeah, Lance tried to run Nancy off the road that night. Lance blew up his own Maserati. And he never really explains it. He was like, I really love that car. And I was like, was it for insurance money? Like, he he's like talking about like having to be tight with money and not having a lot of money and bitching and moaning about all that. And then he's like, and I blew up a fucking Maserati, which again, like also because he disabled Nancy's car, like why would he not have just planted the bomb in Nancy's car so that when she left, because he of course wanted to make Nancy think that Lance was the target and not Nancy herself is how he says it. And I'm like, still fucking weird of you. I mean, everything about this was really weird, but still fucking weird of you. Um, Nancy also finds out that the security guard who she had overheard somebody saying like, you're going to be a rich man. It's because the security guard's mom died and left him like a, a massive inheritance. So he had put in his two weeks notice. He had some shit to do. It's fine. Getting back to the actual main climax of this book. Um, so Lance is like, yeah, I just, uh, Hal's just a piece of shit and I, I didn't care what happened to him. And Nancy's like, wow, you're a horrible human being. And Lance is like, a rich, horrible human being, which again, you only stole $475,000. And you know that Nancy's going to report your ass. Like as soon as you get on that plane, like you're, you're making a lot of weird calls, dude, just a lot of weird calls. So Nancy, uh, makes a faint for the gun. He catches her. He's like, no, you're not going to do that. It's, you know, but, um, eventually Nancy and George do manage to get the gun away from him. Um, and they flag down security. So actually, actually, at that point, that's when Ned saunters into the airport, followed by a bunch of police officers. And he's like, there they are. And they arrest Lance, who, arrest Lance, who is like, just, he's not, he's not going like full Scooby-Doo villain where he's like, I would have gotten away with it too. But like, yeah. And Bess is like, yeah, he even told me how he's going to ditch the gun for getting through the airport security wow, I fucked this up. And Nancy and George are like, it's okay, honey. Like, who among us hasn't gone to the main villain's house and said, I believe that you're a good person just to have him take us hostage at gunpoint? I mean, 
It happens on the weekly. It's fine. Um, so they're like, well, we need to go get some food because we were held captive all night. And also Nancy's probably suffering from a concussion. And so Bess is like, I don't even feel like eating. And Nancy and George look at each other and they're like, if Bess does not feel like eating, this is real, real bad. So they're like, if you don't want some wonderful hot waffles with some melted butter on them and maybe some syrup, I just don't know what I can say about that. And Bess is like, well, maybe I could have some of that with some orange juice and also some coffee and also some bacon. Like there's going to need to be some crispy bacon. And Nancy's like, and then tomorrow we're going to go on a diet and lose five pounds because again, that's another callback from the mystery stories that I kind of wish that they dropped. But anyway, and Bess is like, how did you know? And earlier in the book, Nancy's like, because this is when at the beginning of the book, when they're eating pizza, George is like, I thought that you were on a diet. And Bess is like, later, I'm going to lose that last five pounds. And Nancy's like, I wonder how many times she's lost that last five pounds. Which, again, like, y'all need to shut up about this shit. Like, let people enjoy pizza. Come on. Anyway. So, as you know, Ned is there. And so, Ned... There's a point earlier in the book where Nancy's looking out at her front porch. And she sees the porch swing. And she's like, just a few weeks ago, Ned and I had some good times in that porch swing. And I'm like, did he get to third? Like, how good times are we talking? Was the porch light on? Was your dad sound asleep inside the house so that y'all could get up to some stuff? Like, what was happening? But anyway, so Nancy's talking to Ned after they've gotten best full of waffles and bacon and orange juice. Um, Ned's like, why didn't you call me? And Nancy's like, I really wanted to, but I also didn't want to have a fight about my job. And Ned's like, he says, you know, I understand what you're saying. I'm going to pause here. Um... Do you remember in the last book when he was like, I will fly my ass to Texas to talk to my uncle who was in the newspaper business to find out all about this shit. I will be there for you. I will be there for you whenever you are doing your final reveal and pretending that the girl that no one knows is the actual daughter of the main guy. Whenever all that shit is going down, I will be here for you. I will karate chop this shit out of some villains to knock some guns out of some hands. I am here for you. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Yes. And Nancy's like, I just didn't want to worry about this, which again, there's some weird stuff here that smacks of both like gender role reversal where it's like, I knew it would upset you, and I just decided that I didn't want to go through that fight with you again, because I know that you think that my job is dangerous, which, again, like, that's very much like the masculine thing to say, where it's like, I, did, I just didn't want you to worry your pretty little head about it, because I got this. So what Ned says is, you know, I get where you're coming from, but when I walked into the airport and saw you standing over Lance with a gun in your hand, I was like, she does got this. He was like, why don't you just trust me to trust you and let me know what's going on? And Nancy's like, deal. Which, again, they they respawn at the beginning of every book. And so it doesn't really matter what kind of agreements they make or what kind of deals they make or the fact that Ned's like, I'm always going to worry about you because that's always true in every book they go. It's not every book. In many of the books, they go through this like, you know, I'm always worried about you and I don't want your job to get you hurt and everything. And Nancy's like, but this is what I love doing. So this is, a, this is a fight that's like familiar territory for both of them, which is why it comes up a lot in stories. So yeah. So Nancy's like, oh, I thought that we were going to celebrate you finishing your term paper, which 
it, they don't even refer to it as a term paper. It's just an essay he's writing for class. And I love that. Imagine it's like a three page paper. It took him all of like 45 minutes to bang out. And Nancy's like, I thought we were going to celebrate. And it's like, I will fucking celebrate writing a three page paper. If it means that I get to make out with you. <laughs> like really? Also had this weird thought that maybe Nancy has to remain a virgin because if she doesn't, she first off can't capture unicorns and second won't be allowed to solve mysteries anymore because now that she knows the pleasures of the flesh, she ain't going back. It's mysteries or getting some dick. And for now, anyway, she's chosen mysteries. There's just... There was so much in this book where I was like, girl, you should have picked up on this, where Lance was acting super low-key about everything, where Nancy was like, aren't you worried about him? And Lance is like, I'm sure it's fine. Like, he just literally did not give a fuck. And I want to believe that um, if Carson had been there and Nancy had been talking through the case with him, Carson would have been like, hang on, um, let me just do a little bit of light digging. Because again, there's so much of this where it's like, Nancy can talk to people and find out like financial information. She can find out about gossip. She can find out about like, has he been overextending himself? Has he been like taking out loans? Has he been gambling? Like what is going on here? Which is why I find it incredibly frustrating when her skill set and the amount of knowledge that's available to her shifts so rapidly between books. Like, we're even setting aside the fact that she doesn't have a cell phone. But anyway, yeah. Lance is terrible. Maseratis are driven only by mean people who want to have their guardians possibly murdered so that they can collect the ransom slash life insurance money. Oh my God, that would have been such a better angle for this. Anyway, yeah. So, no Santra pay for anybody. No Santra pay for anybody. Let's see. Next week, we're doing Files number 13, and Files number 13 is Wings of Fear, which is when Nancy gets to go undercover as a flight attendant. She's going to be super cute. She's going to be like that Barbie I had that had the pink outfit that was like day-to-night Barbie. That's the kind of shit she's going to be rocking. So that's what we're going to pick up on next week. So as always, stay sleuthy, my friends.